Welcome to Mixology of Marketing and Business with Tony French and David McGarry. So we start every podcast with uh, a little libation and some cocktails. And today, Scott's choice is? Classe Azul. So, Scott. Rapazado. Rapazado. All right. So, Scott, why don't you do the honors for us a little bit, and we'll get this thing started. Why is this your favorite tequila? You know what? I started drinking this at a club I go to, and uh, we started out by doing a tequila tasting. So we had all the high-end... Uh, how about a little yeah, bit more? It's shorting me a little bit. It can't short Tony. Yeah, there you go. So we started out tasting a few of the tequilas, and you know, he had all the Casamigos, he had this, he had the uh, Patron, went through all of them, and we must have, we must have drank, uh, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. And I got to tell you, this one came out on top. Oh, nice. nice. Came well, out on top. Cheers. Cheers. Mm, very good. Tasty. Very good. Cheers. Yeah, smooth. So I want to welcome Scott Levy to the first podcast. Um, so welcome. Thank you, um, Scott is the owner and president of Rosen Auto Group. He currently owns four dealerships. Um, two in Algonquin, two uh, coming in Kenosha, Genesis and Hyundai. So thanks so much for being our first guest. Just wanted to... Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guy. And we're going to just go through, ask you a bunch of questions about your business, about marketing, and enjoy our cocktails as we, uh, as we go. Sounds like a great afternoon. Yes. <laughs> so... You know, just to start off, you know, kind of go back as far as you'd like and talk about how you got into the auto industry and also how you became an owner in an automotive group. So I got into the car industry back in 1987 out of college, started selling cars. And uh, it, was a, it was actually a store out here in LaGrange called Curry Motors, a okay. group called Curry Motors. So I, uh, I started at uh, a Chrysler Plymouth store in LaGrange selling... Uh, Grand Turismos and uh, Plymouth, or Plymouth Turismos. Okay. And uh, Plymouth Sundance and minivans. Do you feel guilty about selling those cars now? <laughs> Looking back? Kind of. Yeah. Because I don't see any more on the road. No, they're not. <laughs> but uh, started there and then uh, actually ended up in Milwaukee um, selling cars at Rosen Nissan at South 27th Street, just, uh, just west of Mitchell Field. Okay. On College Avenue, or off of College Avenue. And uh, I kind of worked myself through the ranks. Started as a salesman, uh, worked worked my way through uh, new car, used car, finance manager. Kind of got uh, the lay of the land from all the different departments. And uh, back in 2002, um, Saul Rosen opened up a store in, in uh, a Hyundai store in Algonquin, Illinois, which I didn't even know where Algonquin, Illinois was at that time. It was, uh, it was all farmland. We knocked down a farmhouse, developed a piece of property, and uh, put up a dealership. And uh, it, it, it exploded, really, from day one. We did a great job. I uh, had a great team of people out there and grew that business from the ground up, which is, uh, you know, it's a little bit different going into a uh, open point is what we call it in the auto business, where yeah. it's not an existing dealership. And you start from scratch. You don't have any customer base. You have some services, uh, some cars in operation or units in operation, but not a whole lot. And you kind of grow the entire business, the, the, the employees, the company, your owner base, 
So it was a great experience. And six years ago, I got the opportunity to buy the stores, and uh, I've I've grown grown the business from there. How, at the time, how did you choose, or how was Hyundai selected as you know the the type of uh, vehicle you guys were going to be buying into from a franchise standpoint? Well, at that point, you have uh, it was a, it was what we call an open point. So. There's territories for the auto business, so there can't be another like franchise within 10 miles. So there wasn't a Hyundai store within 10 miles in that area. I think the closest one was um, Elgin at the time on uh, Chicago Avenue. Now, now you're going to do the same thing right now in Kenosha, right? Yes, yeah. exact same yeah, yeah. thing, exact right, same right. thing. So it's it's really exciting going into a great area. That's a a very growing area. Typically, you know, very similar to what Algonquin was back in 2002. And, uh, you know, you have this, this, I'm sure everybody's heard of Foxconn. It's a big company that's coming to Kenosha. They're doing a ton of business. And right now with a lot of, uh, with the increases and in the tax, the taxes here in Illinois, there's, there's a lot of companies fleeing the state of Illinois. Right, right. Going to so, yeah, Kenosha growing. And going into Indiana, Wisconsin. Is it, is it Amazon right there too? Amazon just opened up a, a fulfillment center, yeah. which is enormous. Um, Gummy bears, I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. They've they've moved their operation to Kenosha. Oh, wow. Um, and then there's a couple other businesses that are up there as well. That's good. Yeah. It's great. So, so now that you're you're gonna start opening, you know, two more stores. What are some of the biggest challenges from an ownership standpoint? Having multiple dealerships. Um, what are the things that kind of every day or as you go are the biggest things that you got to deal with and your challenges? Well, it's just everything expands. You know, it multiplies on you. So it's it's like uh, the way I equate it. It's, it's you have your first child. The first one's a handful, right? The second one's like having three. Right. <laughs> right. It right. multiplies on you. You got one running around. You got the other one. You have to feed and change diapers. It it's uh, it's more than two for for most people, right? Or it feels like it's more than two, and it's very similar here. So it's it's it all comes down to good processes. If you have good processes in place. That's going to make your life a lot easier and make your employees' life a lot easier. So, you know, talking about processes and, you know, making your life easier, you know, what kind of sets your stores apart from your competitors, other stores in the area uh, that you compete with? I think we do a great job marketing to our customers and taking care of our owner base. Taking care of your owner base is going to pay dividends down the road. So... If you take care of the people you've sold cars to, you service them, and you take care of them well, that comes back in spades. But again, you know, we've changed our marketing over the years, and uh, that's helped grow our business as well. Yeah, so how do you, what do you consider taking care of your owner base? You know, what are the things that you do you know, for the people who came, purchase a car? So one of the things we do is I offer your first year of oil changes free. Your first year of maintenance. It's, it's, it's not me. So that drives the customers back. I want them to get a feeling of how I take care of them. You know, the, I think a lot of people here, when you, when you buy anything, is the, uh, the owner of the business or the business forgets about you after, you after the sale. You know, you want to dispel those type of uh, feelings right from the get-go. You know, we, it's not just about selling a car. It's about servicing and taking care of you down the road and selling your family and mem- family members and, and uh, relatives' cars down the road. So if you do a very good job of taking care of that customer after they buy the car, not just having a great sales experience to begin with, but you follow that up with a great service experience, your business can, uh, you can, no doubt, your your business is going to succeed. 
Is that not typical in the auto industry, you know, having that type of practice? You know, we have a family type of business. I mean, we that's the way we approach it. It's We're not a corporation. We're not one of these big uh, conglomerates like AutoNation or CarMax. And I think that's our advantage. You know, you can look at it as a disadvantage, but I look at it as, as, as that as an advantage. I spent uh, quite a few years in retail automotive as well. And uh, so facing lots of challenging situations with customers. Can you give me an example of maybe a crazy a customer complaint that somebody came in and you're like, I can't believe that they're asking us to do this, but here they're here and how'd you handle it and what happened? It happens all the time. I mean, you, you always have, here, you're selling a thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 piece of machinery. And unfortunately, everything doesn't go perfect every single time, right? It's how you handle the situation and handle that customer when something bad happens and how you take care of them is going to really tell you how, how that customer is going to react with you and interact with you over time. So, you know, I've had customers where, you know, they've, uh, they've left the dealership and they didn't like the car they were in. Absolutely hated it, right? It was too small, didn't meet their needs. But a lot of times people, you know, it doesn't happen often, but... There's times when people get home and they go, man, I made a terrible mistake. So they bring the, they brought the car back. You, you, they expect that you're not going to help them at all. That's the expectation right out of the box. Right. Your car, sorry. It's your car. Right, right. You own it. That, right. That's it. So when you, when you take that type of situation and go, here, I understand. Let me see what I can do. And we end up trade, you know, taking that car back and trading them into a different vehicle that fits their needs, that they're much happier with. They're ecstatic. Absolutely static, and who wouldn't be? Right, right, because right. that expectation is always there that the worst, the worst case scenario is going to happen to me if something like that happens. So, what's the reaction when you like say, "Oh, we'll take care of you, put you in a new car"? What, what is, what's happened? Like they invite me over for Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happens. <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, they they think that's great, and the first thing they're doing is telling all their family and relatives how well Rosen took care of them. Right. right. Yeah, which is critical. Um, you know, get that reputation. So that's one thing that, you know, we're here to talk about marketing. You know, how have you created your brand? You know, the Rosen brand and your brand out there for, you know, your dealerships in Algonquin. And you know, what have you continued to do to kind of build that? Well, I think that's, that's all part of it. You make sure you take care of the customers. Make sure, here, first it starts with your employees. If you don't have good, happy employees that want to come to work every day, everything falls apart right there because they're, they're the point of contact for all the people buying cars from you, right? I can't talk to every single customer. My sales managers can't talk to every customer. It's all the people in the trenches. And if the people in the trenches aren't, aren't happy and you're not taking care of them, they're definitely not going to take care of the customers. So that's where it all starts. So how do you make sure they're happy? What do you do? What are the things that the culture that you're building? Well, first you make sure it's a fun place to come to work, right? And the second thing is you make sure they have everything they need to be successful. So whatever tools they need, I'm very open. You know, I'll, I'll try just about anything. You know, it's all a touch and feel type met, you know, method to the madness, right? So you, you, you do something, somebody brings something to you that sounds good or they believe is good, you try it. You know, I, I can't say that I do everything everybody brings to me. <laughs> right. But if, it, if it's a good idea, in theory, let's try it. Right. You know, if it's the old adage, if you if you do the same thing every day, 
nothing's ever going to change, right? right? You got to try different right. things if you're going to change up the mix. Probably can't sell beer or give beer out while they're you know, driving people well, around. It's with cars. funny when I worked in Lagrange here, we used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a beer for the ride on a Saturday. Yeah. You could get a beer along with your test drive. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> Did that make it easier to whole sell the cars? Yeah. <laughs> it might have. I don't know, but it was a whole different world back then. So what's what's one thing that you thought an employee was kind of nuts bringing you, and you're like, oh my god, but we're gonna try it, and it turned out to work. You know, I have to think about it. There's there's quite a few things. I mean, here it, it's it's software too. You know, something they've seen or they believe that uh, will work. You know. One of the things you want your employees to do is be out there looking and educating themselves all the time. You don't want somebody that's stagnant just waiting for us to bring bring all the tools to them. You want somebody that's out there, it's aggressive, looking through all these uh, marketing marketing channels <laughs> and blogs and uh, YouTube videos. You know, let's let's see something that uh, they've done that works. You know, so I've had people. There's, there's guys that want to do these video walk-arounds, right? So, hey, I'll, I'll spend the money and I'll do, take the time, have them do the video walk-arounds and, and, and have fun with it. Those are, those are the type of things that help drive business and make it more fun for the employees. What, what, is, what is some of the software programs that you rely on? Outside of marketing, I mean, just to run well, your dealership. It's, uh, you know, you have an, you, your CRM is probably the most important, right? You need, uh, you need something that's easy to use and easy to communicate with customers. That's that's number one. Um, other things are it, it's the vendors you use. It's it's bringing guys like you in that, that help help change the business and that change the course of how we advertise and who we advertise to. That helps. There's there's all kinds of things out there. You know, it's a, it's a matter of taking the time and kind of really researching it and, and bringing it and trying it on a on a daily basis. So. Uh, you know, you've said you've done a lot of different kind of marketing over the years and different things. You know, what are some of the, the craziest marketing ideas that you've done and then some of the things that have been most effective? Well, here, we've, we've done these outside sales where you bring somebody in to run a sale for you on a Saturday. So you, you bring guys from out of state, right? And that's kind of, you know, that, that, that's something that was guys have been doing for 30, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's different. They bring a little of excitement because it's it's different people, right? And they try to bring more excitement to the showroom. But at the end of the day, those those people are gone after they've sold the cars and created all the chaos for you. And right. they're left there yeah, right. a couple <laughs> of pieces. So, you know, we've we've done things like that. But I think it's it's more just branding yourself and branding what you do and how you take care of people and the referrals come come flying when you do that. You know, if if you do that, you lay out and lay out a great process for the people, make it easy for them to buy the car. That's what people want. They don't, they don't need all the, you know, all the other uh, stuff to go along with it. They just want to be, they want to deal with a dealership that's transparent, that uh, really realizes what their true needs are and takes care of them. And if you do that, that that's really what uh, sells cars. And now that we're in the kind of age of digital and digital marketing, you know, it's harder to have that same kind of relationship until the person gets to your store. So how, how do you, how have, how has digital marketing impacted the way you market? And, you know, how do you see it, you know, changing and evolving down the road? Well, I think, you know, now people used to visit four or five dealerships before they bought a car. 
they go in, they experience how the, how the dealership treats them, um, what they had in inventory, they'd see it, feel it, touch it. That's all changed now. I, I would say the average person probably visits one and a half dealerships on average, right? They do all their research online. So they're looking at your website, they're looking at the reviews, they're looking at your salesman. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have come in and asked for a particular salesman that has a lot of reviews, a lot of good reviews, right? Right. They, they want to cut through all the BS and they want to find the guy that's transparent, is going to take care of them and facilitate that sale for them as quickly as possible. So from a you know, actual like marketing campaign standpoint, where are some of the campaigns that you've run that have worked well for you guys over the last couple of years? Well, I, I don't think it's any one. I think it's it it's um, it's synergy of all the different advertising you do. So here we got we have a brand out there, Rosen Brand. We have a traditional. So we're on TV. We're on radio. We, uh, we do mail. That, that still carries a lot of weight with people. People still like to go to the mailbox and pick through their mail, and they see it, they call us or come in. And then you, you, you join that with digital, right, and you're hitting people that are in market, ready to buy, and I think we've done a, a very good job with that and have been very successful. Do you think that there's a difference between a logo and a brand? I believe so. I believe a brand makes a difference. I think uh, the Rosen jingle over the years has, has really caught on. I can't tell you how many stores and restaurants I've gone into and I have my Rosen shirt on and uh, people start singing the jingle. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's great. You know, it makes you yeah. feel like you're, you're doing the right things. Right. They're, they're remembering the you time. and thinking about your brand. I think that uh, that's everything. You know? so, here, all you can do is put your brand out there, do the best job you can as far as hitting the people that are in market and ready to buy. And when they're ready to buy a Hyundai, hopefully they consider us. All right? They're, they're driving, you know, they're clicking to our website and taking a look at what we have in inventory, taking a look at our reviews online, um, researching us. And that's what everybody does. I mean, right. they sit at their desk at work and they, they, they just page through dealership or site after site looking for the place where they want to buy that car. So, are you willing to share the jingle with everyone so they can hear it? Come on, Dave. You know it. I want to hear you sing it. (laughs) Come on. I want to hear you sing it. I'm not a singer. Tony (laughs) might be the singer. I'm not a singer either. (laughs) Well, after a couple more of these in the microphone, I might be a singer. (laughs) Tony's more karaoke. And that's after a few cocktails, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with, with Hyundai and Genesis, how do you work with them to, you know, market that brand? Um on top of the Rosen brand? How do, how do those two brands kind of work together from a marketing standpoint? Say that again. Say. So, you know, Hyundai has its own brand. Um, you know, and Rosen, you talked about the Rosen brand itself. You're kind of bringing well, those you, two yeah, together. Yeah, you marry those two up. I mean, here, Hyundai has some great product. I mean, they have this, they just came out with the 2020 Sonata. You know, I'm sure everybody's going into a, a parking lot where everybody's parked, you know, six inches away from each other, and, and you get into a spot you can barely open up the door, right? Right. So they came up with the the new Sonata feature where you get out of the car, you close the door, you hit a button on your key on your key fob, and the car backs into the space all by itself. Ah. I mean, it's fantastic. I've seen that. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's awesome. 
Will it pull out as well? It pulls out as yeah. well. Yeah, so cool. you never have to worry about having not enough space to get out of that car or that, you know, open up the car door, the car right yeah, next to you. Awesome. Everybody's had that issue, right? Oh, yeah. So now you have this feature where it just pulls the car in and out of the space for you, right? Those are great, great features that people, once you, once you demonstrate something like that, first thing you want to do is do a video and get it online so people can understand what this car does right. for you, right? Because at the end of the day, it's what this car can do for you. It's how well this car holds up, what kind of features it has on it, and, and how it differentiates you from, or that car differentiates from all the competition. Speaking of features, what's your view or uh, about electric cars? I think it's all going that way. I don't think it's going that way as fast as people want it. Some people want it to go. You know, you have issues... I, I have friends that have bought Teslas, and uh, one of the, the biggest complaints I've heard from those people is, you know, you're downtown Chicago, you're driving out to the suburbs, it's, it's 20 below zero out, and they have to stop someplace because the battery charge didn't get them downtown and back in one charge. Right, and then they got to sit there and wait. Who wants to do that when it's 20 below? Right. Yeah. doesn't happen when it's 90, but it's going to happen when it's 20 <laughs> below, right? Right. So those are those are challenges that the electrification of vehicles has to kind of overcome, especially in the Midwest. So you know, I think out in this in the in the western states, California, I believe it it, it has a high uh, take rate in terms of electric. But here in the Midwest, for the the cost of it, I don't think people are ready to pay that money for electric electrification. What What do you think about the uh, whole ride sharing? phenomenon, how it affects uh, the dealership world. I think if you're in an urban, urban setting, you know, you're downtown, I think it does impact you. You know, my kids, uh, my kids don't have cars downtown. They live, they live and work in the city of Chicago. They don't, they don't want or need a car. It's not something they, they want to deal with. They'd rather jump in an Uber and just charge it to my credit card. <laughs> right, I know that feeling, yeah. You know, but as things change and evolve, you know, autonomous cars and, you know, ride sharing, I mean, do you see the auto industry, you know, changing dramatically over the next five, ten years? I think it's more 10 to 15. 10 to 15. That, that's probably more the, the space or the time frame. I don't think that's, you know, one of the issues you have with autonomous cars is how does it read the lanes, right? I mean, we have cars that are semi-autonomous now. Most of the Hyundais and Genesis that, that I sell are semi-autonomous. So you can take your, you know, for a short period of time, you can take your hands off the steering wheel, the car actually steers itself. But it reads the lanes. It doesn't read the cars at this point that are next to it. Right. It reads the, the lines on the lanes. So with, in the Midwest, it snows, and now you don't have that. Right. There is no Definitely. autonomous. Right. 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 So I think we're a little ways away from having the infrastructure in place where cars are going to be able to... to to see other cars in order to avoid and, and drive by themselves. Yeah. But it's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah, which will change things, but, you know, who knows how, how much. Still need dealers to sell cars, right? Right, right. And um, service. And so as a business owner and as you look at business over the years, you know, what's changed generally running businesses and what's changed in you? I think it's, it's much more of a process now. You know, you, you have to have a solid process when the customers come through the door. People don't want to spend five hours in a, in a dealership showroom anymore. That, they used to be the staple. You right. Know? 
people would sit there for three, four hours waiting to, to get the card delivered to them. Now they're doing all the research online, right? They know pretty much, they've narrowed down pretty much what they want. They know what features because all the information is out there. And you have third parties now that help you with the pricing. So the pricing is pretty transparent, you know, with these third parties out there. And I hate to say them, but, you know, True Cars and the Carvanas and the right. Carmags, they're all one price. So you can get a pretty good feel for what you should pay for a car now. The dealerships that win are the ones that make it a very easy process for the customer to come in and buy the car. They want to, they want to, see, they want to see and drive the car that they're looking for. You know, the quicker you can bring it up to them, explain the features and benefits that they probably already know anyway. Right. Uh, a lot of these people... Yeah, they're probably telling people the benefits. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. I know. Yeah. Most of these people know more about the cars than what my salesman knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you're, when you're set on something, I'm, I'm sure you're no different, Tony, you're no different. You do all the research. You know all about the class as well before, before I ever got here, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Cause Eight months uh, in uh, oak barrels. Yeah, you're telling me all about it. It's good. Like, uh, so, but from you personally, like, how has that kind of a changed how you operate and how you interact? Well, I think everything, you know, where it used to be pen, pen and paper, pretty much, right? The customer would come in, you'd write down what the MSRP of the vehicle was, and you'd do a trade-in, and you'd, you'd write it down in scratch, right? And you'd subtract what the trade-in was from it, you'd, you'd add the tax. The Foursquare. That's it, the, four, the old yeah. Foursquare, right? Here's the price of mine last year's plus your tax license and fees with your low down payment of $5,000. Here's your 24-month payment and your 36-month payment. Which one of those payments best fits your budget? Right. See, the problem with that now is everything's online, so they already know what the payment right. is. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you, you know, you can kid yourself and pretend that business hasn't changed. If that's the case, business is going to drive right by you. Or you can embrace it and say, hey, this is what the customer wants now. This is what we got to deliver. And the, and the better we handle that and take care of the customer, the more cars we're going to sell. Yeah. And so, like, you know, take that. And if you're thinking about challenges that you've overcome, maybe you know, a failure that, you know, happened that kind of changed you, your perspective, you know, what, what's kind of a, a big challenge that you had over the years that really kind of changed the course of you know, I don't doing. think I ever had a real big challenge. You just watch what's going on. You, know, you observe what's happening in the marketplace. You don't, uh, you don't take for granted that you're going to have customers coming through the door every day. You're, you're trying to make improvements in your process, your advertising, and how you handle your service customers. You're trying to improve that every day. You don't settle on what you've done in the past. As long as you do that, I think, I think you'll have a successful business no matter who you are. Talking about success, so you know, I know that you know Rosen. You're involved in a lot of charities, local charities. Maybe tell a little bit about how that kind of plays into what you do and how it you know kind of molds you as you know an owner of a business in Algonquin and in Kenosha now. So I'm I'm a big dog lover, and I think everybody, most people are are, are dog lovers, and everybody loves vet you know wants to support our veterans, right, or our service members. And I think over the years, you've seen a lot of people come back from, from Iraq and Afghanistan that have a lot of, a lot of issues that they, they need to work through. And I've hooked up with a charity called uh, C4C, K94 Companions. And it's a great organization, and I've worked with several of them. But these organizations center on finding 
get finding dogs and and mixing them up with or setting them up with veterans that have PSDD and have issues and and uh, setting them up with service dogs that uh, help them work through those issues. So one of the things we did, we, we hooked up with this charity C4C and we had a veteran, his name was Sonny Pesek, that uh, was a Marine, um, had PSTD and uh, we set him up with a German Shepherd through this charity that's changed his life. And you know, you, you start talking and working with these guys and, and you see what type of impact having a, a companion like that right they can work through issues when they when they have them it's amazing it's amazing that uh, it, it's it's kind of a gift that you can work with people or charity like that that can help people in that way and what better way to, to give back to our veterans these That's are great yeah so kind of as we wrap up you know are there you know two to three kind of tips hints you would give out as like hey if you're running a business you're a business owner what are the things that you could do? You know, make sure you do these three things to be successful. What would they be? Well, I think we, we talked about that from the start. First of all, making sure you, you're taking care of your employees and you have good employees. Without good people in the front lines, and I'm sure you can relate to this, it's very tough to be successful, right? Because they're, they're in the trenches. They're the ones dealing face-to-face -face with, the, with the customers every day. The second is to make sure you have good tools in place to help facilitate those sales. Right. One of the things we do, like I said, is take care of the customer's first year of maintenance. Make sure that you're, they understand, the customers understand that it's not just the sale of the vehicle, it's how we're going to take care of them after the sale. Right, right. And then the third thing is making sure you're reaching the people when they're ready to buy. Right. That, that's the most important, that's one of the most important things. Yeah, because if you're not there when they're ready to buy? They pass you by. Pass you by. Go somewhere else. All right, well, Scott, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to join Tony and I for our first podcast. Pleasure. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to bring you back down uh, after uh, maybe number 50. There we go. Yeah. All right, cheers. All right. Thank you, Scott. Cheers.